Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu, and I'm really excited about today's guest, Lauren Gaglioli. And she started her first business in 2009 as an in-home tutoring service that supported students preparing for the ACT, SAT. And then since then, she's a purpose-driven digital solopreneur, online course creator, and podcast host. So um, I'm very fond. I mean, <laughs> the SAT and me go way back, and I'm happy to welcome Lauren to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I, I was actually talking to another guest um, before you, and he was with the college admissions process. And um, oh. like a, and uh, in my previous life, I would be like a SAT tutor, a college admissions consultant. And um, but uh, yeah, tell tell the audience about your background, how you got started, and uh, go from there. Absolutely. So I actually going even before <laughs> entrepreneurship, I was a theater major. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have my BFA in acting from New York University and moved to LA. I was an Orange County girl growing up. So I moved to LA to be close to family while continuing to pursue acting and, you know, needed a job that kind of fell outside at nine to five so that I could pursue acting while also making a living. And so I sort of by happenstance, landed in ACT and SAT prep and just really enjoyed it. I love the connection with my students. I loved the transfer of knowledge, like helping people kind of find their way in that the hack that worked for one kid wouldn't work for the other. And I loved sort of the puzzle pieces and figuring it out. Um, as a part of that, I then also met another entrepreneur who was a father of one of my students. His name is Mitch Jackson. He's very big in the legal world, in the social space as well. He's into AI and meta. And so he, at that time, I came down the stairs from tutoring his daughter and he was kind of scowling at me. And I was like, his daughter's a superstar. Why is he scowling at me? And he was mad at me that I wasn't on Twitter. <laughs> it blew my mind because I was like, I'm like a local gal. Like I'm not going to be able to reach the world at large. So why on earth would I spend my time on a social platform like Twitter? And he goes, you have no idea what's out there. And it just started me in down this path of learning about online content creation and the, the expansive reach of the digital world, which 
I used my first company to sort of cut my teeth in that world. It was always built to be a sandbox because I knew I didn't want to do it forever. Um, And as a part of that, I really honed my chops in content creation, course creation, podcasting, and my, my true love, which is organic marketing and specifically search engine optimization for solo. I kind of, I kind of learned a whole lot and then realized after having my kids and getting through that season was like, you know what, I'm ready to go off and actually support other online entrepreneurs and really help people expand the reach of their brand and their business. Yeah, very fascinating story. And, um, you know, we'll get into the plight of the solopreneur. Most people, <laughs> most people, they want to own like these like billion dollar companies, you know, raise venture capital. And, and some people want to be like um, business owners. But uh, yeah, so um, what's interesting is that so tell people, you know, about, you know, the joys of solopreneurship and uh, how SEO fits into that. So one of the things I loved the most about building my own business was the sense that I was basically charting my own path, that I, the master of my own ship, and I never had um, visions of expanding really to like having tons of employees, like building a company that way was not the way I wanted to build. I wanted to build it on my own shoulders. And um, the problem with that, if you invest in uh, solely in things like social and and that sort of short return on investment, is that you have to continually feed that beast. And very early on, through sort of two fortuitous experiences, I learned about search engine optimization. And the thing that I loved about it was that when I had my baby, I was able to work four hours a week and I was still getting 16,000 new users to my site a month. So for two straight years without doing much in the way of content creation, while I was having my first child moving from state to state and then beginning to go through the process of having a second child, which was a boy the second time and made me a lot more sick and not wanting to work, I was able to work an average of four hours a week and still make an income because Google was serving my content up to users on the internet who were searching exactly at the right time for the solutions I provided. So when people have questions, you know, if you have like a really fun brand and like it's something people want to engage with and have community around, then social can be fun and a really useful venture. But I found out early on after becoming friends with a lot of people who are like in the Disney space and even online entrepreneurship, there's like such an interest. And I think social ends up being kind of like the water cooler for all of us. Like we're so lonely in our guest bedrooms as we work that like having that ability to just go out there and be like, hey, what's going on in the world is lovely. However, if you teach ACT and SAT and you want to have community around it, good luck. Like people are not interested in that unless they're also college admissions specialists, test prep providers. And that's where my podcast was actually a better fit and allowed me to like find affiliates who were like perfectly aligned with my brand. But, you know, when it comes to I'm a mom and I need help with my teenager right now because the test is in two weeks, I wanted to be able to be there and support that person, but they don't go type that into Facebook. They go and type that into Google. And so people who are searching for solutions, go and ask Uncle Goog is what I fondly call him. Um, and people who just like want to run into cool, fun stuff, that's that's a great play in social. But the long tail effect 
of SEO is you write a piece of content today. It can be found two, three, four years later. It's really, really cool. I can tell you from experience when a friend of yours sends a screenshot from her classroom with you up on her projector teaching a PSAT class because she found you through Google, not because it was me. She just was like, oh, that's my friend from high school. I will play this for my high school students. And I had that happen to me a lot where people were finding me through Google, but it actually, they were friends and family and kind of reporting back, but it was all organic search. It's so powerful and it is not as hard as like technical SEO folks make it out to be. Really, uh, really fascinating. And um, because it's amazing because like, SEO, it's like, uh, it's like almost like discoverability. And once, you know, you have that uh, ideal client or that product market fit find you, it's like, it's almost amazing. It's almost like making a social viral video just goes viral. Um, so when you hit that, it's like it everything explodes. Um, yes. Yeah. And it builds momentum too. The more you do it, the more you invest with it, the more it can pay you back. And it is also so helpful if you're in those early phases of your business and trying to understand like, what is the language that your client is using? You know, something really simple. I would have put in ACT test prep course. People were searching for ACT prep. Like that's it. And so being able to mirror that language, like we know that mirroring of body language helps people know, like, and trust us when we're using the exact language that our avatar is typing into the Google search query bar, like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful gift you can give that person of like, I see you and I can help you make the transformation you need, even if it's to your free offering. And usually that's the best right step, but you know, depending on your product or service, that might be a different play understanding search intent, understanding the language being used, it's so valuable. And I think a lot of us feel like we're just throwing darts at the wall, like in the dark, or it's just spaghetti on the wall marketing. You don't have to do that. The data is readily available often for free. And it's just a matter of knowing where to look and then understanding the user experience and how to create transformation for that cold prospect who finds you through Google and you bring them in through the matchmaking power of Google and then help them convert them into happy client. And I really like this idea of um, where you kind of draw your, you know, your limits and you know your values and you don't stray. So, you know, you create a business that's self-sustaining for what you need. You're not trying to, you know, take a company public or, you know, any of that. You're just trying to build a sustainable business to, align with your goals, which is, um, you know, a lot of people, they get into business and they, they say they get into business for free time or <laughs> more free time or <laughs> or uh, more freedom, you know, time, financial. Yeah. Which is interesting. The other yeah. question is with um, SEO, which is kind of like the bedrock, but now we have things, you, we talked about social. Now we have AI as well. And uh, we'll talk about that. And how is AI changing and what's the appropriate way to leverage it as part of your content strategy? So I'm a bit of an AI skeptic in that I think AI, and this is something I have a SEO copywriter that I work with, and she's far more uh, in that world than I am. She's far more of a researcher and, and goes down that path. 
Um, I like the timeless SEO principles. Now, Google is sort of changing. They are leveraging AI in their search. And so we're going to need to keep an eye on that and understand like how to, again, it's just that continuing searcher intent. What's the question beyond the first question? How do we address that? How do we continue to engage? My copywriter says AI, she's like, I will use it as a research tool. I will use it to see what opinions are already out there sort of in the ether that Google can pull from, or sorry, the AI can pull from, and that Google already knows is out there. And then she uses it to find a unique way to look at things, a way to sort of shift the lens, right? If there's a lot of serious content, maybe she'll come to it with a more playful spirit. Um, if there's a gap that she recognizes as part of that research of like, ooh, this aspect of it hasn't been addressed, she'll use it to elevate a piece of content and add a new wrinkle and a new flair to it. Um, so I think there's, it's not, you know, baby out with the bathwater, but I do feel like we have to know that if ChatGPT knows it, Google knows that it's from ChatGPT and a million different sources, there is still tremendous power of the human element. And I just, I think a lot of people, even if they're not copywriters um, or they're not readers in general, we know when we're reading something right now that was written by a robot. Now that might change down the line, um, but I think that sort of that no like trust factor, there is a wall up when it was written by, uh, by a robot. So I think you can leverage it as a tool, but remember it is a tool and it is the master who wields the tool that makes the difference. So I would say the all or nothing stances don't really serve. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle and how you use it is going to be dictated by the goals you're you're setting for yourself. And I think, in my opinion, I go to timeless SEO principles, quality content will always win. And right now the AI quality just isn't where a, a strong copywriter's quality is. Plus there are other metrics to timeless SEO, like interlinking and outbound links that you really need to be thinking about this from many different layers. It's not just about slapping up a post that meets searcher intent. You want to bring people into your own internal ecosystem. And that's going to be a hard thing to do if you're just plugging a prompt into AI and going, give me this thing. Like it's not going to be able to do all of those aspects. It does need that human touch still. Yeah, it's it basically it's a tool, what how you reckon then basically how you use it and how you leverage it. And it all goes back to what you were talking about is, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? What is your purpose? And how are you going to use these tools to propel yourself? The other question I have is um in this day and age of most things are video, like the short form vertical, that's like the big thing now. How does blogging fit into it? Because now, you know, blog SEO search, um, you know, with these videos, how does that tie in to blogging and also SEO um, with the videos as well? So I'm, <laughs> I have a very like rebel tendency for being a people pleaser. I am still like skeptical of a lot of things. Like I'm not an early adopter kind of person. Um, so I totally think there is a place for vertical video, short form video. But if you're trying to help somebody with a serious problem, I'm just not sure that a short form reel is going to be the way to go. You, I think 
you have to acknowledge Google owns YouTube. So if you're optimizing your YouTube videos with SRT files and that sort of thing, I don't view YouTube through the lens of a social platform because I don't leverage it that way. I leverage it for SEO, which means I create content that's longer form. There is a whole blog post built around those videos that it lives at my site. It's embedded on my site. I am leveraging keywords through that. There's interlinking. There's opt-in opportunities. There's so many different ways that I'm leveraging it that's different and more of the longer play. So I would say if a piece of content takes you 60 seconds to create, then you're probably going to get 60 seconds worth of value out of it. And if you're trying to build a business and depending on what you do, again, you sell you know, cotton candy, popcorn, people might be there for that and go, I totally trust this person. Or you use it to like give insight into who you are, like a little wrinkle of humor or whatever it is that you are bringing. But if you are running a serious for-profit enterprise, then I think we need to up-level the quality of content that you are providing through your video content, how you leverage it on your website. There's all this talk about blogging is dead. Fine, call it articles. Like, I don't care. Ultimately, Google reads. Like, you can do things to amplify your audio or your video and make sure, you know, we all know as podcasters, put your transcripts in the show notes, um, videos, add the SRT files, closed captioning, that sort of thing. Google doesn't really have ears, so it doesn't hear so well. It reads really well. And so we want to make sure that that's available. And also from like an accessibility standpoint, it's really powerful for those who who can't engage with audio. So I think there's there's a lot of power to video content. It gives you such a sense of a person's personality in a way that not everybody can put into written word. But I would use it maybe as a starting point and then build all the content around that piece of content. I see so many people just trying to do the bare minimum to get their content out there rather than saying, how can I plus this up and really meet the people who are going to come here and help them have a transformation, help them take the next right step, help them solve whatever problem it is that they that they need to solve. How can I be the person providing that solution in such clear stepping stone ways that when I put this effort forth, it can pay me for years to come? Yeah, it, it reminds me of, um, you know, talking to entrepreneurs such as yourself. And, um, you know, before you know, Google came along and with, you know, before, you know, social media took off blogs and blogs and then basically SEO. And then now what is what you're describing is like these long form video or long form audio, and you can create a blog post from that, or you can create keywords and incorporate that into the content. It just makes everything that much more powerful. And, um, yeah. And the interesting thing is these short, I know a lot of people, they basically their bread and butter is, you know, SEO, you know, with their blog and, you know, now with YouTube podcasts, and then they basically chop it up and it's kind of like they're, they just spice things up. It's kind of throwaways, like what you described the 20, 60 seconds and there's yeah. in there and just kind of add, you know, fuel to the fire, get some more views and subscribers. And it's kind of like, you know, but, um, it's quite a, it's interesting how things, you know, develop and how you have to incorporate things. So I think thinking of those short form videos, social in general, think of it as a movie trailer, right? It should pique your interest, but the ultimate next step is to buy the ticket, 
and go <laughs> see the real thing. And so what we do with that is we bring them to our website. So from a blog post, from a video, from a podcast, we can have all those little sort of teasers and say, and now come here. Because the other thing that Google is looking at, and you you know they're tracking us, they're <laughs> looking at user behavior. And this is where building an email list is really important that in your emails, you direct people back to your blog, you peak interest and bring them back to your website because that repeat user shows that you're delivering quality content. And when Google sees, Hey, these people keep coming back to this person multiple times, time and time again, that indicates you're serving up quality content. So again, all roads lead back to your website. Everything comes back to offering quality content and also understanding what people need to create transformation in their lives and continually helping people take the next right step, be it through free offerings to just get them on your email list, keep them in your ecosystem. It's continuing to churn that Google will start sending more strangers to you if you take care of the people who are already there. Because that's the other thing. I think sometimes we can look out and be like, I need more, I need more, I need more, higher numbers, higher numbers. Well, no, just treat the people who are already there really well, have a solid strategy, as you said, as the bedrock of what you're doing on your website. Google will reward you. Yeah. And uh, so really interesting conversation as we come to the end, you know, kind of describe to uh, listeners what you do, how you work with them, how you can help them and how they can contact you, check out your social media, your work, et cetera. Absolutely. So my website is Lauren. Everything lives there. So anything I'm about to say, if you <laughs> remember nothing else, <laughs> go to laurengadgioli.com. Um, I think the first thing is really understanding what it is you want. What is your purpose and how do you show up in the world? And so I have a course about purpose that is really for everyone, but it specifically has applications for solopreneurs who feel really tapped out or like their business runs their life and not the other way around. So that's big why life, bigwhylife.com, or you can come to the site and find it there. And then if you need help with SEO, once you figured out like, okay, this is where the compass needle is pointing, I am ready to charge forth. How the heck do I get people to find me when they need me? I help with that. So I have a course called Organic Marketing Ecosystem. Organic. So it's not just SEO. It is the timeless principles of SEO that are then how do we leverage those in, you know, it fits Google. It also meets the human need and allows people to start to say yes to your offerings. I also do one-to-one -one work with clients as well through Content Catalyst. So that's more of a bespoke solution, has a you know higher price point, a wider range of, of options there. I really, I know every solopreneur is coming at a different point. Like they're either at the very beginning, they don't even have a website, or sometimes they have a website that needs some reworking or they were on the right path, but they've kind of lost their way and we can meet them there as well. So lots of different ways to work together. But at the end of the day, if SEO feels scary, if it feels like it's a slimy cesspool and you just don't even want to go there, this is a very different way, a very human-centric way and, and heart-led way to really treat your future clients to a little preview of what you do and invite them in in a really organic way. So um, if, you know, more traffic, more clients and more profits for you sound great, then I'm, I'm your gal. I can help. Yeah. And uh, for the 
audience out there. Let's thank Lauren for the fantastic conversation, SEO. Um, I'm always fascinated in different uh, technological marketing breakthroughs and all of her resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you, Chris. It was great to be here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.